Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God the Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I selected the title for my sermon before I even thought about writing it because it kind of, I don't know, expressed a deep-seated feeling. Uh, I guess you'd call it a feeling, an emotion, about uh, life after death. I, I work with end-of-life people, people who are approaching the ends of their lives, and so there's a lot of uh, meaning in what I have to say today. But uh, the words, I want to go home, there's nothing religious about that. That's the title of a country western song that Bobby Bear recorded 30 years ago, and it's all about, if you need to know, look it up on YouTube, but it's about a factory worker in Detroit who is away from his family who live in the South. Quite an emotional song, by the way. We want to go home for a different reason. And that's what we're here to kind of explore. Because today's a day of celebration, and ordinarily we might think that All Saints Day is when we think of those who've died in the faith and not much else. But that's not true because the Bible clearly says that the saints who are living are one with the saints who are in heaven, and we're all praising God together. So when I look out and see empty seats in the pew, I don't see empty seats. With, with, I may see empty seats with you know eyes of my physical body, but eyes of faith see them filled with angels and archangels because of, and with all the host, heavenly hosts because we sing with them, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill to men. So today is not a sad day. It should be a happy day, a day of hope, and the hope is this, that we will be united physically with all believers in Christ who ever have lived, live now, and whoever will live. And in a little while, we'll read the names of believers, family members, friends, associates who died in the past year. But let's not kid ourselves. They only died in the body. The body died. Their soul, the real them, their spirit, is alive in Christ even now. They are part of that great cloud of witnesses that the first chapter of Hebrews, or the twelfth chapter of Hebrews describes. We can't see them, we can't hear them, but they are there, and they are in glory worshiping God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit continually. St. John described a scene that we heard earlier, read at the lectern. An uncountable number of people streaming in from all over the world to praise God, believers in Christ. I've just summarized a couple of thoughts. It's a great multitude that no one can count from all tribes and languages, people standing before the throne, with, and with a loud voice they are crying out, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night. And this is a favorite verse, verse that people like to recite, for the Lamb is in the midst of them, will be their shepherd, will guide them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. It's the greatest going home celebration ever. And it's a celebration in which the believers, will, whom we're naming shortly, are worshiping now, and they'll be in that form of worship forever. The thing is, where they are, we want to be. And we want to be there 
to have God call us home. So when we think about of where they are and where we are and where we want to be with them, we might just get the feeling of homesickness. We just want to go home. That feeling can become stronger as you think about the lives of the people that you knew, lived with, played with. You could probably name them in your heart, a lot of them. You can probably recall the joy that you experienced as you worked with them and were with them. It could be a lot of different folks. Like for me, it'd be for my mom, my dad, my brother. For my wife, it'd be her mom and, and her dad and her sister. But it's just the same. For some reason, this week I was thinking with deep affection, deep affection about the pastor who confirmed me into the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod when I was in college. And I haven't thought about that in 40, 50 years since college. And I'm thinking about my three friends who steered me in that direction. The pastor was Curtis Stephan. And the time was the first Wednesday in Advent in 1963 at University Lutheran Church, Bloomington, Indiana. In addition to that service he provided me, he also gave me a lot of guidance and direction when I began thinking about becoming a pastor and helped send me off to Concordia Senior College for my junior year of college just to check it out to see if I might have a taste for it. Then there was Pastor Wall, who later in my adult life took me along on his trips to lead Bible studies in the, in the California forest fire camps. And what made that unique was he had to fly into these camps on, and land on landing strips, no more than a dirt road. Then there's my Boy Scout leader, my tr Boy Scout troop leader, Waldo Heffelfinger. He taught me values and skills that I still use today, although I still can't tie knots very well. And you have your memories and they may bring tears of joy, tears of sadness. You may experience some emotions of grief as you experience your memories. You may be grieving the recent loss of loved ones or possible losses of years past. We all know that this pandemic lockdown we've been in for over a year now has really hurt the efforts and hurt the feelings of people who could not be with their loved ones when they died or attend their funerals or memorial services. One point is I have a friend, he's a retired career Marine Corps sergeant whose father died about a year ago and he couldn't leave his duty station to go to Las Vegas, Nevada to be at the funeral. In fact, the funeral was a ritual that was performed on Zoom, which is a nice asset to have these days, but it not, does not replace the physical presence of being there. So he finally learned that he could go to his father's grave there in Nevada. So we were talking about that and about the emotional impact that standing at his father's grave just might have one year after he died. So if this is your time for grief, I encourage you to contact our Stephen ministers. They will be nearby as if you leave worship this morning and from them, if you don't know them, you will receive support and understanding as you experience your grief. Stephen ministers respect and, re and protect your feelings and more importantly, your need for confidentiality. Well, getting back to us, 
While we are here, we look with longing at the celebration that those whom we grieve are enjoying. And when we let that full impact of the difference sink in, we begin to realize that we really don't belong here. We don't belong here. We belong up there. Just like the old hymn sings, that we sing will, and says later, I am but a stranger here, heaven is my home. Earth is a desert drear, heaven is my home. Danger and sorrow stand round me on every hand, heaven is my fatherland, heaven is my home. Therefore I murmur not, heaven is my home. Whatever my earthly lot, heaven is my home. And I shall surely stand there at my Lord's right hand. Heaven is my fatherland, heaven is my home. St. Paul put these conflicting feelings in, in a perspective. He said, for we know that if the tent, that is our earthly home, our body is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, that's eternal in the heavens. For in this tent, the body, we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. And he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So in the meantime, while we wait, in the meantime, while we wait, we are always of good courage. And we know that while we are home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage and would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. St. Paul knew the miseries and the difficulties of following Jesus. Before he became St. Paul, he was known as Saul, the outstanding persecutor of Christians. And he was relentless in having Christians arrested and dispatched from the church militant to the church triumphant. But Saul, you know, was converted to faith in Jesus Christ by Jesus himself. And Jesus renamed Saul to be Paul, so as to separate him from his past and focus him on his future. Symbolically, the old Saul was dead, and the new Paul was alive. And the new Paul knew all about the hardships believers in Jesus experienced, so he listed a few of his own and a few from other believers, like, we're afflicted, perplexed, persecuted, struck down, but we're not crushed, and we're not driven to despair, and we're not forsaken because we're always carrying around in the body the death of Christ so that the life of Jesus can be seen in our mortal flesh. In a way, we join Paul and the countless saints who have died before us and will come after us, who remain unknown, unnamed, and anonymous. This word from this lyric word, this lyric from the song, we sing for all the unsung saints, that countless nameless throng, who kept the faith and passed it on with hope and steadfast strong. Through all the daily griefs and joys, no chronicles record, forgetful of their lack of fame, but mindful of their Lord. So we take heart from unknown saints, bereft of earthly fame, those faithful ones who have received a more enduring name. For they reveal the true blessing comes when we are pro to face and offer back our lives to be the vessels of God's grace. Well, as 
unsung saints, what is our struggle? What is it we are doing to please God as Paul encourages us to do? In Ephesians chapter 2, he writes, well, we, God, we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Then Jesus describes them today in his Sermon on the Mount, specifically the Beatitudes, to live in, with a poor spirit, not, not, you know, not broke and economically deprived. It's a poor spirit that is simply realizing that we are poor, poor beggars before Christ, standing before God. We have nothing of our own. As God gave up his son Jesus, and Jesus gave up his riches in heaven, became a servant. He became a servant not like us, but he became a servant to us. So we can be servants in his name with a spirit of giving, not a spirit of getting. We are called also to, to comfort those who are mourning. We share in the afflictions of Christ. We also share in the comfort we receive from God so we can comfort anyone in their affliction. That is not only scripture, but it's also the mission of the Stephen ministry. Jesus described himself as meek and humble in heart. To be a disciple of Jesus is to grow in the meekness of attitude and sacrifice as Jesus was meek and humble. But what does that look like? Actually, it's a different look for everybody. For instance, when I was a parish pastor, I had the opportunity to complete training to be a hospital and hospice chaplain. Another trainee from New Orleans was my prayer partner. Before our group sessions, we would pray together. My partner would always remind me that everything is really a gift. The good, the bad, the beautiful, the not beautiful, the success and the failure. And he said, there's a gift in everything and it hasn't been earned or deserved, but it is included in everything that we have. We may not see it, but it is still there. Well, at the time, I couldn't agree. Things were not going so well in the parish, a lot of negative opportunities. My wife was teaching in a middle school that was dysfunctional on several levels. She was suffering, and I couldn't see any gift in all of that. It was years later when I finally realized that way back then, I wasn't looking in the right place to see the gift. You see, Jesus was in the right place where I needed to be looking for him. He was a gift. If I'd been looking for him, I would have heard him calling out, come to me, all of you who are heavily burdened, and I will give you rest, just like the hymn describes. Come unto me, ye weary, and I will give you rest. O blessed voice of Jesus, which comes to hearts oppressed. It tells of benediction, of pardon, grace, and peace, of joy that has no ending, of love that cannot cease. Come unto me, ye fainting, and I will give you life. O cheering voice of Jesus, which comes to aid our strife. The foe is stern, and eager the fight is fierce and long. But thou hast made us mighty and stronger than the strong. And whosoever comes, I will not cast him out. O patient love of Jesus, which drives away our doubt, which though we be unworthy of love so great and true, 
invites us weary sinners to come, dear Lord, to you. Jesus invites us to exchange our burdens. He will take our burdens of sin and death, and he will give us a burden of eternal life from following him. Martin Luther describes this burden as a yoke that goes on the, the shoulders of oxen usually. The yoke Jesus gives us, says Luther, is sweet and his burden is light. When sin has been forgiven and the conscience has been liberated from the burden and sting of sin, then a Christian can bear everything easily because everything within is sweet and pleasant. He willingly does and suffers everything. Now Luther would know what meekness and humility is in the best of times in our lives and in the worst of times in our lives. Well, we're still here, aren't we? God gives only one means of moving from the church militant to the church triumphant. We touched on that earlier, namely death. We know where we're going, but you know, the Lord has an additional way of getting us into heaven that we don't have. And it's summed up in the third verse of this gospel hymn, and Lord hasten the day when our face shall be sight. The clouds rolled back as a scroll. The trumpet shall sound and the Lord shall descend. Even so, it is well with my soul. It is well, it is well. It is well with my soul. Do you want to go home? Well, of course you do. You've been living for this day. You were created for this day to see Jesus with your own eyes as he opens his arms and greeting you says, welcome home, welcome home, welcome home.